When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. We are recapping Brown's OTAs. They held their second open OTA practice session. It was their fifth overall, so we were out in Berea. So Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Ashley Bastock, and I recap what we saw and heard in Berea on Wednesday. Now, if you're not a Football Insider subscriber, get subscribed cleveland.com slash browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get a newsletter delivered to your inbox every single day access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns and you can become one of our text subscribers and please uh subscribe to this podcast where if you listen to your podcast if you're on apple uh subscribe rate and review do the same on spotify so you can get these right in your feed as soon as i hit publish on them okay that's enough for me here in this segment let's talk some browns otas on the orange brown talk podcast we go on our Thursday edition of the Orange Brown Talk podcast, recapping Brown's OTA practice. It was practice number five, the second one that was open to us. We'll be out there again next Wednesday uh, to see the final OTA practice before mini camp. Uh, so things are going to start to heat up just a little bit here before the Browns take a break before training camp. Uh, so let's get to what we saw today. We are recording this on Wednesday evening. Uh, Mary Kay, why don't you get us started Uh, with a takeaway or or something you saw or heard today? Well, uh, one of the things that, um, you know, that sort of struck me and that I wrote about a little bit today uh, was just, you know, Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt really talking about uh, just how elite Deshaun Watson is and the caliber of quarterback that they are watching out there. There is a marked difference between Deshaun Watson and the injured version of Baker Mayfield last year. So, you know, everyone can see it, the way the ball jumps off the hand, the accuracy, uh, the arm strength. These are kinds of things that, uh, that they're talking about. Now, we've, we've heard Baker Mayfield talked about in, in those terms before. Those are tr- two things that, that we've talked about with him is accuracy and arm strength. But there is just something different about Deshaun Watson, so much so that Alex Van Pelt even you asked him this question today, Dan, are there any similarities with Aaron Rodgers, who he coached in green Bay? And he admitted, yes, there are some similarities in some of the things that he can do. Uh, So that kind of stood out to me is the fact that they are acknowledging uh, just how good this quarterback is that they have in their midst now. Yeah, I I thought it was, um, I thought the way they talked about him, I think we've seen it, you know, even today, like watching in practice, he he was a little bit off in in some spots today. He threw an interception, the accuracy wasn't there all day, but 
I mean, Scott, there were just moments where you kind of realize like, okay, yeah, that, you know, sort of like what we saw in week one, like, oh, there it is. Like, that's, that's the guy that you give up three first round draft picks for, at least on the football field. That's the guy you give up three <laughs> first round draft picks for and, and pay $230 million to. Yeah, I agree. He wasn't very sharp today, even in the individual drills. Uh, but overall, yeah, there is a difference. And that's what you want your quarterback to look like. It's what everybody was hoping Baker Mayfield would would become at some point, uh, especially after 2020. Um, but yeah, here we are with, with Deshaun Watson. And there is, it feels like when, when we, when we do ask those questions, well, maybe the coaches more than the players, it's like, there's this understanding, like, I gotta be careful what I say. Yes. I want to <laughs> point out that he is a uh, tremendous athlete, but I don't want to, you know, dump all over the previous guy. Um, it seems like they kind of worked that through in their head sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think this is something that uh, that we're just gonna have to get used to seeing. It's just the ball coming out quick on time, and even when he was off a little bit, you did see those conversations between him and the receiver, uh, especially in like seven on seven. Sometimes maybe you know somebody was breaking off a route a little early or didn't curl as much. I saw uh, one instance where he did pull aside Anthony Schwartz, kind of talk about why they weren't able to connect. So um, you know, as good as he's looked, obviously he's still learning, and everybody else is learning how to play with him. Yeah, interestingly, I think that at least when I saw him talk to Schwartz, I think it was on the pick and he wasn't throwing he wasn't throwing to Schwartz. The ball wasn't even going in Schwartz's direction. But that kind of tells me like, hey, he expected Anthony to maybe do something else. And maybe that's where the ball would have gone. Ashley, I mean, when when Alex Van Pelt, who has worked with Aaron Rodgers, makes that comparison, you know, we are talking about like the elite of the lead at the position right now. Yeah, and it's like guys like Alex Van Pelt don't just make those comparisons for nothing, right? Like when they say stuff like that, they mean it, especially because when you get coordinators, so much of it is that coach speak that we're we're so familiar with. So for him to answer something directly like that, you know, I believe that those are, you know, he truly, truly means that. And kind of like off of what Scott was saying, even though today wasn't necessarily perfect for Deshaun Watson on the field, like when you watch his processing and and the way he's doing those things right now, like, I think it's kind of uh, what was expected. And that's, you know, that he's really good at doing that stuff and reads what is happening around him so, so quickly. And like we said, sometimes like today, it doesn't always connect necessarily. And I just wonder how much of that is just everyone getting used to each other, him getting used to, to being in a new place on a new team and a new system, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, overall, you just, you see those glimpses, even when things aren't going 100% right out there in these OTAs. And, it, you know, of course, we'd be remiss not to mention that the practice today, of course, happened a day after a, a 23rd suit was filed against Watson. And, and that was part of the discussion as well. Gavin Stefanski um, kind of gave his stock answer. Uh, Miles Garrett was asked about it. Um, other, other people were asked about it. This is just, again, you know, we talk about him on the practice field, but then we have to ask questions about him off the practice field as well. And um it's just sort of an uncomfortable situation, honestly. And he, Deshaun was not available again today, um, same as last week uh, after the HBO interviews came out. Mary Kay, when you kind of hear people do that little dance, though, kind of going a different direction here between Baker and Deshaun, kind of like what Scott was mentioning. We did hear some some folks, Miles, Alex Van Pelt, we, we heard people talk about Baker today. What, what was your impression of what they, what, what they had to say uh, about the – Former, I guess, still quarterback. I don't know how to describe him. The the Browns quarterback who's not playing anymore. 
Well, I thought it was kind of funny because Miles forgot that he hasn't been traded yet. <laughs> he said <laughs> it's worked out really well for both teams. And I'm like, oh, wow. What's the other team? Do you know something <laughs> yeah, that we yeah, don't know? Close, close in, Miles. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, if he knows something, uh, he should get on the phone with Andrew Barry really quickly. But um, but no, Miles had to do the, uh, you know, the Baker Deshaun uh, sort of thing. So, yes, we had to ask him about. Uh, the character, the off the field issues. He's taking the the stance right now uh, that he's going to go by what he sees. He's going to go by his experiences with Deshaun Watson. And so, so far he sees somebody that is respectful to the coaches. He sees somebody that has just taken all of his teammates uh, to the Bahamas. Uh, And then on the field, he sees something that a lot of things that he really likes. Miles appreciates greatness in others. Uh, He appreciates great athletes from other sports, NBA players uh, and soccer players. And he really, um, he understands he's great himself. So he knows the level. So I actually asked him the question today. Um, you know, do you have, now you have your counterpart over there on offense that can, that can get you where you want to go. There's, you know, you on defense, Deshaun on offense, you got the quarterback. And um, he was careful not to throw Baker Mayfield under the bus, but he did acknowledge that uh, that Deshaun is special on the field and uh, that he is more athletic than Baker Mayfield. And he believes that they can, uh, you know, work together to bring this team up on their respective sides of the ball the way that they want to and get this Cleveland Browns team to a Super Bowl. That was basically what he was trying to say. OK, Ashley, what's your uh, big takeaway from today? Yeah, I don't know how big it is necessarily again, but, you know, one of the interesting things that we were watching with defense today was um, the linebackers. And it was interesting to see Jacob Phillips getting a lot of reps with the first team at that Mike position. Uh, And there were some times where Anthony Walker was playing alongside him, but on the outside, we saw some packages with with JOK and Anthony Walker inside or outside and Jacob Phillips in the middle. Um, so there were a lot of interesting swaps that they were making, uh, different personnel. And we know Joe Woods like kind of likes that versatility and being able to move those guys around in his defense. And he talked about that a little bit with us today. But, you know, Jacob Phillips is so interesting because obviously he missed a huge chunk of last year after he injured his bicep. Um, and, you know, we talked about it in the Berea report video, like we think that there was probably a larger role for him last year that they just couldn't use him because he was injured. So I think he's definitely an interesting guy to to watch as we go through, continue through the offseason and and what those, uh, you know, personnel groupings look like on defense and how they're being utilized, because overall, I think it could look different from last year. And I think it's important to note, like Jacob Phillips was one of their draft picks. So I think, of course, it's kind of time to to use him and see what he can do out there. So this is really interesting, Scott, because. You know, Anthony Walker's back on that one-year deal, but like Ashley mentioned, Jacob Phillips is the draft pick. He is a guy they were training in that position last year. You know, last week I kind of thought, okay, we'll just kind of put a pin in this idea of Jacob Phillips maybe being the middle linebacker today. And granted, it is the second OTA practice we've watched. We are still months away from the Browns playing a real football game or even a fake football game. So, you know, you don't want to overreact too much to the depth chart, but I do think it's interesting that we saw a lot more of Jacob Phillips today at, at Mike linebacker. Yeah. It's just one of the things that just have stood out. And he, I mean, look, he's, he's big, he's athletic. He's, you know, going to bring speed that maybe Anthony Walker doesn't. 
So that's something you want to get on the field. I think just the addition of JOK out there gives them a little more flexibility with the other guys that are on the field with him. Before JOK showed up, it was very much platoon with almost every spot. And now you have a guy that you can who can do multiple things, which maybe takes uh, kind of limits, I guess, the amount of guys you need to shuffle in the next to him. And if, if they can have Phillips be the guy in the middle, then he too, I think, has some of that ability. And we heard, I think it was, I don't know, three years ago, or maybe it was just when Joe Woods showed up about how they want to cross train everybody. And I don't know if that ever really showed itself and how people were used, but um, maybe we'll see that finally, now that these guys have been in the system um, for a year or two and, and there's some continuity there. Now maybe that can kind of show up and maybe Jacob Phillips is one of those guys who, who will kind of be at the center of it. You know, we know what JOK can do. And maybe even Anthony Walker, the fact that he's, you know, if you move him to the outside, um, I don't know if anybody really thought that that was something that he would or could do. Um, but if he can, and if even Phillips can do it, then that just, just adds another layer to your defense that you didn't have when this, when this coaching staff showed up. Yeah. I mean, I think they had, uh, pretty high hopes for for Jacob Phillips when they drafted him. I mean, think about this. He was drafted in the third round, right? And when we talk about this year's third round picks, we talk about them like they're going to be starters, right? And we don't necessarily talk about the, the third round picks from two years ago or even necessarily last year as starters the way that we have uh, this year. But when you draft guys in the third round, you hope they become starters. That's the goal. You want your first, second, and third rounders to be starters or key parts of a rotation. So that's the plan for Jacob Phillips. They are ready to work him in as a starter or as a uh, as a big time contributor. So I think and, and last year they were working him. Uh, they were working him at weak side. Uh, so they are cross training everybody again. So they worked him a lot at weak side last year. And again, they know what Anthony Walker can do. Now they have a better idea of what JOK can do. And I think they will. We all know they'll build on that this year and add to his repertoire. Uh, but I think that he was slated for a pretty decent sized role last year, Jacob was, until he got hurt. And he was he was actually starting to look you know, pretty good in camp and um, just never really got a chance to follow through on it. So I do think you'll see plenty of him this year. It definitely felt like BJ Goodson and Walker were like keeping that spot warm mm-hmm. and the Browns ultimately just wanted him to be that guy. Yeah. yeah. There's some logistics here too. If we really want to talk some green sticker, <laughs> oh, gosh. Sure we, we, which I know we love to do, but I, you know, I mean, those two guys were the guys <clears throat> they had it today in practice. And if your Mike linebacker is going to have it, he's got to be on the field. Um, that, that guy's got to play a lot. Um, if it's Sean Johnson again, then he'll be on the field hundred percent of the time. But, um, you know, that's, that's just something interesting. Like if, if he doesn't have it, then you can kind of rotate those guys a little easier. But if you're like, Hey, Mike linebacker, you've got the green sticker. That guy almost has to be on the field like a hundred percent of the time. Um, so that, that's something to kind of keep an eye on too. So there's our, there's our green sticker talk for, uh, for the OTA <laughs> session here. We need hey, to like, a how long, how long thing. before JOK gets the green sticker? Yeah. Ooh, that's that, a good yeah. discussion. Oh boy. That's a guy you want to keep on the field, right? Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, it's so funny, like having done that 
that you say that Scott because like I know when I talked to his high school coach for that big story he he mentioned exactly that like that's a guy you never want to leave the field because of his motor so much so that in high school they made him their long snapper because they were like we gotta have this guy play as much as possible (laughs) and this year of course he will be more ready to assume those kind of leadership uh, abilities and skills because last year such a quirky year in so many ways. He wasn't able to really do that lack of continuity in terms of practice and getting on the field. And, um, you know, this year I do think that he'll have, you know, he'll have a chance to kind of lead the way a little bit more. Okay. Let's take a break. And then when we get back, we'll do some more takeaways from today's OTA practice and availability. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Scott, you are up. Give us a takeaway. I'm glad Ashley mentioned long snapping because you know who else <laughs> has spent time long snapping? Johnny Stanton. Johnny Stanton in his pro day. For what was I don't know? Did he leave? It was in Nebraska. I know where he graduated from actually, or what he played last. But was, he did like, it was like six Nebraska and then Stanford. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know, it was a crazy pro day. I wish somebody had that on film just to to watch all the different positions. Anyways. Johnny Stanton uh, is somebody I was watching today because I was I, I didn't really pay attention last week to who he was practicing with. Um, I didn't remember seeing him with the running backs. And today he was also not with running backs. He was with the tight ends. And the reason I want to bring that up is uh, we're searching this offseason for ways that the Browns offense can change. And the fact that he seems to he, he's listed as a fullback, but he's kind of become a tight end. Maybe uh, could tell us a little bit about where this offense is going. Um Kevin Stefanski's offense in 2019 with the Vikings made huge use of fullback. CJ Ham played like 35% of the snaps that year. Um, and while they did have Annie Janovich the last couple of years, they really dialed back how often they had him on there. I think he played like 18% of the snaps in 2020, um, 11% last year. So it's been decreasing. They even cut back on the amount of times they had two running backs on the field. Um so now you have Johnny Stanton over the tight ends. Perhaps he's the third guy there. Uh, we've seen the Browns offense kind of rotate tight ends into the backfield to, you know, play that fullback role. Um, you know, Harrison Bryant uh, had like, I don't know, 80 some snaps in the backfield, I think last year as a fullback. So that's a way that this offense could change a little bit. I think you want flexibility from from those positions and a lot of those tight ends are going to do more than an Andy Janovich can, especially when he spreads out. It's one of the reasons why maybe they decided to move on from him and uh, maybe take more of a look at Stanton as a, as a tight end. Um, now, even though they've cut back on the amount of running backs, the two running backs looks, I think that's something that could increase this year. Everybody who's been pining for, you know, Hunt and Chubb in the backfield could see more of that. We've seen little glimpses of that here and there with some of the drills they run or some of the, the, the plays they run, especially when we first show up when they're doing the walkthrough portion. So those things can make, be able to tie together, get the fullbacks out of the picture. You can get hunt into the picture in the backfield. And again, it's all about versatility and finding matchups and 
but the bottom line is probably just about getting Johnny Stanton on the field. I'm pretty sure. UNLV. I said Stanford. It was UNLV after. Yes, that's what it was. Yes. <clears throat> that's the Stanford of Nevada, I guess. I don't know. Um, the, uh, look, the third tight end is Kevin Stefanski actually mentioned third tight end. While you were talking, Scott, I looked up the transcript and, yeah. you know, he was asked about David Njoku, if that extension was uh, an indication he'll be featured more in the offense. And as part of, part of his answer, uh, he mentioned Njoku, he mentioned Harrison Bryant. Um, but then he said, basically, now with Austin Hooper gone, and we'll see if there is a third tight end who emerges but certainly you would expect some of that share to be divvied up among all the guys, including David. So um, it seems to indicate to me that, you know, Harrison Bryant right now is, is pretty sturdy in that tight end two spot, but if there is going to be a third tight end who plays that that's about as wide, as wide open a position battle as there is, which I know is not a super exciting position battle, but (laughs) they love their tight ends here. And that guy, you know, one turned ankle, that guy's all of a sudden your tight end too. And he's playing a lot more. Yeah, whoever that third guy is, if there is a quote-unquote third guy, is going to be a blocker. Like, that's mm-hmm. going to be his thing. They got two guys at the top of that depth chart who are really good at catching, or at least that's, you know, that's their main strength. So, mm-hmm. Although they did rave and rave and rave about um, David's blocking ability today uh, and just talked about how he's become a complete tight end. So, um, and, and I think that's true. We've watched him get better and better over the years. And Alex Van Pelt even called him one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL today. So I thought that was high praise. And Ashley David said that he loves blocking. I, I actually thought that was, that actually thought that was maybe his most interesting answer. Like, yeah, it, <laughs> it, it almost reminded me of like when we talked to him last year after the season ended and he, he just seemed more open and he was very open about like, wanting to finish his career here, which I thought, you know, was insightful at the time, considering all the drama he had been through here in years prior. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think that with, like Mary Kay was saying with him overall, I just think that this coaching staff really values him in that role. And, and sometimes with players like that, I think, you know, who are the number one tight end on a team, people might think all they want to do is catch the ball, but it it is intriguing that as this offense is changing and we're maybe going to see less of those 13 personnel packages, which again, like don't know who needs a reminder on this, but the Browns use those way more than any other (laughs) NFL team last year. When you look at the league breakdown, Um, I think that's, that's huge for his, you know, prospects of contributing and, and being on the field a lot, because if they really like that, uh, that that might be his ticket as this offense changes if it's going more receiver heavy. All right, my takeaway: I've got a beef to pick with Miles Garrett. Okay, mm. I think you would does lose he that. Know this? Yeah, I think you would <laughs> no, lose that. No, no, he does fight. not because yes, I would lose. I would lose <laughs> that. But I just want to say, Providence, Rhode Island, is a delightful place. It's delightful. <laughs> I think Pittsburgh is a nice place. Those are nice places to visit. No, Pittsburgh is not nice. Okay. Well, Whoever Scott built not- Pittsburgh was insane. It's on like the side. Everything's on the side of a, a, a yeah, hill. Yeah, it's like I have a panic attack trying to navigate around Pittsburgh because oh. of all the hills. <laughs> okay. well, fair, enough, fair enough. But but Providence, Providence is a nice place. I stayed there during one of the road trips to Foxborough, which is like right in between Boston and Providence. And I flew into Providence and stayed there and wandered around. It was a delightful place. So Miles, if you wanted to take your defensive teammates to Providence, I think they would have a fine time, stay at a bed and breakfast, uh, go to the mall that's there, walk by the river. 
I think they'd have a nice time there. But Mary Kay, Miles is taking his teammates to Miami instead. Yes, he is. And I also think the uh, that Steelers fans might have a little bit of a problem (laughs) with Miles kind of taking a little shot at Pittsburgh. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, But anyways, yes. So he is taking uh, the defensive players to South Beach. This is a spinoff from the Deshaun Watson trip to the Bahamas for the offensive players, just like Deshaun Watson did. Miles Garrett is chartering a jet. Uh, unfortunately, it might be a little bit of a smaller jet than, uh, <laughs> than, than Deshaun had or something, because yeah, there was a little thing about not, not being able to fit all the defensive backs on the plane. So they might have to find their own way to, um, to South beach, but Hey, it's South beach. So, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that some of them will make their way there. I was just in South Beach with uh, my then 20-year-old daughter last year um, and one of her friends. And I can honestly say, it's no place for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're not looking to get down there to cover this like you did with the uh, offensive trip? No. Uh, no, actually, I, you know, I wouldn't mind going. It would be great fun to go, to go cover it. But um, as I said on our video, what could go wrong? A bunch of Browns players in South Beach for the weekend. No, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's lots of nightlife, which is the reason why it's no place for me. Um, but that reminds me, I, my husband at one point um, tried to do a surprise me with a trip. And, um, and in the card, he wrote... Um, that we were going to be, that it was a place, we were going to a place with like a beach and great nightlife. <laughs> and I opened the card and I was like, this is really great. But like, what about you and I says great nightlife? <laughs> like, I mean, by 10 o'clock, he was like, you know, like, are we ready to go back to the room and like watch some, something on TV now or, or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, no, people don't even go out here until it's midnight. Okay. So yes. South Beach is, uh, is, is a lot of fun, and, but there are a lot of great places to work out, and they're going to get some football in. They're definitely going to get some football in, um, but Miles did say they're going to have some fun, too, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, Miles, um, I think Miles is as much for that kind of nightlife as I am, <laughs> because when I interviewed him once, he had never even had an alcoholic beverage at that point, so I think that he will, he will be the chaperone. And the designated driver, if they need one. He's, he's sure the, go ahead, Scott. I'm sure the Browns would prefer they go to Providence, Rhode Island, and yeah. hang, <laughs> yes. out, hang out at the mall. You know, maybe yes. do some walkthroughs in the living room with a bed and breakfast or whatever. I mean, the the yeah. river walk there is fantastic. I'm just, I just want to point that out. If people, people are probably like, "Why is this turned into?" You're gonna. I was gonna say, Dan, did we, is, he is miles joked that he was gonna take his teammates to Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, I think I'm going to take them to, like, Providence. <laughs> Maybe I'll take them to, like, downtown Pittsburgh or something. And I'll, I'll, I'm taking the guys to Miami, so I have a good time. Miami. Just so everyone knows why I'm obsessed over Providence. Look, I found, as is my nature, I found, like, a little hipster coffee shop there. It was great. It's fantastic. Yeah, Dan, screams, was... That screams NFL player, hipster coffee shop. <laughs> I was going to ask, is this podcast, this episode sponsored by the Providence, Rhode Island Tourism Board or something? Should be. <laughs> talking about it. Now, why wasn't Providence your favorite NFL 
city to visit. <laughs> well, I mean, I like Providence. It's not my favorite <laughs> NFL city to visit now. Come on. Oh, but anyways, what? these guys are going to, you know, I really think it is good that they are going to go down there and get this bonding in. And I think it was good for the offense. We heard David and Joku talking about it today. He got to know things about teammates that he had, that had been here before that he didn't even know. So, so there is something to be said for getting away and doing some of this team bonding. Yeah, Ashley. I mean, that's been one of kind of the stories of the off season is how is this all going to like come together? How are they going to make this effort? And I, I guess we won't really see its impact until the season starts. Um, and then we're going to be back in the locker room. We're going to get to kind of see some of this stuff firsthand, but I mean, we all, the sense was there last year, even not being around the team as closely as we used to be. It was just weird. It was off. That all got confirmed at the end of the season. And so at least these are steps. These these are good stepping stones. And I guess we'll see how they pay off. Yeah, people, I mean, can go back and listen to the old podcast, Dan. I'm pretty sure like multiple times throughout the year, you were just (laughs) like, something is not right here. Like something does not feel right. Uh, And it was true. And, you know, we've seen, we've seen the little things, like we've seen Kevin Stefanski uh, bring out his, his old basketball hoop to the practice field. Mary Kay wrote a great story about that last week. Um, We've seen these trips, obviously. And I, I just think really like it was something that needed to be addressed before, right? Like we heard from, from these guys last year, they didn't feel like the chemistry was there uh, for whatever reason. And now on top of that, you have Deshaun Watson coming in and all of the off the field concerns that surround him. And how is that going to, to impact camaraderie and impact focus and, and impact his new teammates. So I, I think it kind of became more urgent that they that they do this and get to know one another and uh, kind of you know insulate themselves in that in that camaraderie and I think we are seeing it in the little ways and again like you can only take so much from OTAs out on the field we hear repeatedly from these coaches you know they're still getting to know a lot of these guys and and how to use these guys best but that sort of stuff I think is when we talk about there being good attendance that's one of the big reasons why that's so important with a team like this because they haven't done anything yet. If if this if they do go on and have a successful season, have have Deshaun and Miles set a dangerous precedent <laughs> here that they're going to have to keep up year after year. Gotta take everybody somewhere. Well, we were saying, you know, do we think that mile that the defensive backs are left to fend for themselves because Denzel Ward also got true. his extension a few weeks ago? Do you think Miles and him are gonna gonna go have these on this trip maybe maybe there there might be another little plane little 16 seater following miles chartered jet down no next year i think they're going to actually take a bus to pittsburgh is what they're gonna do so (laughs) it's going to be a lot cheaper and you have to pay for your own bus ticket so i've got to say i think miles he might be getting the short end here because a lot of bigger guys on the defense. I mean, you've got your offensive linemen on the offensive side, but for the most part, you're talking running backs, you're talking receivers. I don't need, you know, there were a fair amount of offensive linemen on that trip, but defense you're talking, I mean, you got to feed defensive tackles just for starters. (laughs) And then, I mean, even the linebackers are big. So I, if this is like all expenses paid, but I also brought up miles is going to wish that he went to Providence. And I brought up to you guys on the field, like the fact that affordable entertaining city, 
Darn it, Dan. The the fact that, you know, I, I brought this up in real time and I'm being 100% serious. Like those guys are bigger, like depending on the size of the plane, there are like concerns about things like weight distribution and only so much <laughs> luggage you can fit on the plane and things like that. So I'd be really curious to know those all those details and if that had any impact as well in, in well, deciding to leave the defensive backs to kind of fend for themselves, apparently. You would need a few of those, you know, smaller non 300 yeah. pounders to, you know, you sit over there and you sit, yeah, you're right. Weight distribution. Um, so yeah, I would, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I watched the defensive backs today. They looked pretty happy. They didn't look upset about anything. So we'll see. But I think if you're taking the, the, the defense, you have to take the whole defense. I thought, yeah, I think or maybe so, right? that maybe he mentioned that as just kind of a subtle hint to Denzel to say, "Hey, maybe uh, why don't you uh, chip in here? You're the one, you're <laughs> the one who most recently got that signing bonus, buddy." Yeah, yeah. I had to. Okay, one more one more thing about Providence. I had to uh, I had to climb <laughs> through a, a parking deck window in in Providence oh. on my last trip. So that was wow. <laughs> that was weird. better you than me, Dan. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was- I there was a little parking deck between the airport and my hotel that you like walked through with a walkway. And I had an early morning flight out and the door was locked into the parking deck and I couldn't find another way in. So I had to like lift my bag through a window and like climb through a window. And it was, it was weird. You smashed the window first. No, no, it was just, no. Okay. It was was just like an opening. It wasn't like a, you know, like a glass glass window. No. So I did not commit any crimes. I am not a wanted person in <laughs> Providence, obviously. It's got to be film of that somewhere. <laughs> some sure. security camera There's caught some, something. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if that security camera and they just see me scale this window. I wonder if Miles thought about um, Vegas for his little getaway, too. Now, it gets very, very, very hot in Vegas at this time of year. But, you know, that sort of has the south beach vibe to it too i wonder if he thought about that at all what about what about niagara falls i think you could do the maid of the mist you could do you know <laughs> it's a road trip yeah yes go, go hit the wax off. museum in toronto yes there you go Fun times it's really how many different cities can we like just buy for sponsorships <laughs> for here on the orange and brown talk podcast all right i think that'll do it for our uh, ota takeaways pod here if you're not a football insider subscriber we texted a whole bunch of stuff today so you got to get involved cleveland.com slash browns a blue banner at the top of the page also uh make sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast subscribe rate and review and if you're a city looking for a sponsorship opportunity send one of us an email and we'll <laughs> up with the right people and we will be happy to tell miles garrett uh, to go visit your city providence <laughs> i'm talking to you all right uh mary Kay, scott ashley i will talk to you all later <laughs>